Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Shop. This podcast is for product businesses where I speak to both retail buyers and brand owners about what it's really like to start and grow a retail business. My name is Therese and my mission is to help you build and scale a profitable product business through wholesale. And today I'm going to be joined by Mev Gloucester from Gloucester Pottery. Gloucester Pottery was founded by Mev and her husband Tom. Tom is the potter and I would say that Mev probably runs the day-to-day and well, I'm sure we'll find out more. They have a beautiful uh, studio space, which is going to get bigger in, and I might mess this up, uh, Portsmouth in Wales. <laughs> and it's been a busy year for Mem and Tom and the team at Gloucester as they have decided to give their wholesale a big push. They exhibited at their first trade show this year. And they've run a crowdfunder, which runs brilliantly to expand their business. And I invited Mem because I love to hear more about how they've grown a brand. That at this point, when they went to Spring Fair this spring, I feel that buyers were waiting to buy, which I think is really, really cool. So let's dive in and hear a little bit more. Welcome, Mem, to Let's Talk Shop. Hello, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming. This um, is my first vodka. Is it? That's nice. (laughs) Do you want to tell us a little bit more about how you guys started? Because I know you guys had a cafe before you started Gloucester. Yeah, so um, it's a long story. So I met Tom in 2008 uh, and he was a potter. He had his own little workshop at like a country house. And then we bought a house together in 2010 and it had like a little shop underneath. And then the house on top. And in the shop underneath, we were going to open like a little craft shop. And Tom was going to make his pots in the garden and shed. And then Tom's dad said, oh, you should sell coffee. And then suddenly we had a coffee shop. We ran it as a cafe for um, four or five years. Mainly just in the summer season because we live in a tourist town. So we would make pots in the winter and then open the cafe to the summer and the pots got more and more popular. And then in 2014, we bought another shop um, in town and we opened that as like a designated craft pottery shop. We moved the workshop upstairs there. We closed the cafe and yeah, here we are now, 2022, still making pots. 2023 even, 2023, still making pots. <laughs> Who knows where the years are going because... <laughs> I feel like they go quicker the more grown up we get. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say all day. No. Was it during COVID that you also were moved into the workshop space that you're in now? Yep. So when we when COVID started, we predominantly were at a bricks and mortar shop and our website had started to grow and then we closed when everything was locked down and we solely relied on the websites and it grew phenomenally and then we were at a stage where the electricity supply at the workshop wasn't big enough for a bigger kiln so we had to decide whether we got a new electricity supply or we moved workshop so we actually did a crowdfunder then as well in theory to raise enough money to put a new electric supply in but we ended up moving workshop to um 2,000 square feet which was very scary but turns out isn't big enough <laughs> I don't even know how big 2,000 square feet is. Like, oh, it was massive. <laughs> and now you are going to expand into the unit next door as well when things yeah. get sorted. Yeah, we have filled this workshop in three years. Uh, 
and there's not enough space now for us to expand production any further so we are getting the unit next door so that we can move the packing next door and then we can have a designated shop area as well for when people collect their online orders and then that will free up some space in the workshop for us to expand the production and we fit a new big kiln in how be exciting yeah. i love following around along with the crow crowdfunder it's so like i love the hyped up launch thing yeah. it's so fun <laughs> so first trade show this year how was that how does it feel? It was like walking into the unknown, really. So we had previously dabbled in selling wholesale, but not on a big scale. And then we were lucky enough to win the stand through with our Theopathetus small business fund base. So we kind of threw ourselves at it because we had nothing to lose. And it's been insane. Just before the trade show, I think we had like 10 stockists. Now we have like 73. Wow. You're going to be in a while. You're gonna definitely get to like way over a hundred next year then. Oh I was about to say you could probably get there this autumn, but but knowing how busy direct sales are this in the autumn, I don't I think that's maybe not so realistic with also moving into hopefully the unit store. That's gonna be a lot going on, isn't it? But, yeah, one thing at a time. Yeah. Who was that stockist where like where you felt, Oh, maybe this is a thing, like wholesale we should be doing it like we arrived <laughs> kind of thing yeah. so yeah we had a few stockers beforehand and then I think when we I really thought oh god this is actually a thing that we could expand on there were a couple of shops that I followed and really enjoyed their shops and then suddenly they wanted to stock it and, they, and then they restocked it and I was like oh okay so it's it's not just our, our followers that like it, other people, other people's customers like it too. Yeah, then then we've got lots of little shops, and I think like maybe the big one was when Q Gardens ordered, and we were like, oh okay, that, that that's quite big. And then now they've reordered, so that's amazing. Yeah, that was so exciting. And did that come from Spring Fair? That one came from Spring Fair, yeah. So uh, they actually the lady who's like the buyer already shops with them, so she was just like bringing the other buyers round and was like yeah we should have this i already have it it's great so she was very familiar so maybe it wasn't such a hard sell then when she no. came around did she know that she were going to be there do you think she had waited for you to open it up a bit more to trade yeah i think so i think quite a few people visited us at the trade fair knowing that we were going to be there but they wanted to see it in in person before they made that decision i think pottery is one of those things that you need to pick up and feel it and see it before you decide whether you're gonna spend a substantial amount to stock your shelf yeah it's it, it's obviously a bit of a risk if it's otherwise because it's bulky it's heavy you can't restock it usually super quick because since yeah. it's handmade it takes a while sometimes your order will be quite far down the list in the kiln i suppose yes so yeah it's a bit of an investment i think yeah and what was your biggest takeaway or learnings from being at a trade show? But the trade shows are really hard work. <laughs> but you, you have a it. shop. <laughs> I know, yeah, but I think it's different because at the shop, like people can come in, you don't necessarily have to have a full-blown conversation, but you are very much selling yourself at a trade fair. You need to get across that that is handmade and this is how long it takes and that's why it's that price. Yeah, it was a lot busier than I anticipated as well. I kind of thought that it would be like we'd see two or three people a day and the rest of the time we'd be stood around bored. But it was really full on and really busy. Yeah, I guess my takeaway is that 
I shouldn't have underestimated how busy that would be. So how will you prepare for next time? Because I believe you're going back next year. Yeah, we're going back. So we have a new, a couple of new products that we're going to take with us. Got a couple of new blazers that we're going to take with us. And I'm going to prepare better um, with my order form for price list. We definitely didn't take enough of those last time. Yeah, I think that it's just being better prepared. It will be much, much easier. And in with you, I mean, I guess the next step after that is integrate how you take orders into the wholesale website somehow. So you could have an iPad or something. Okay. Because when you take as many orders as you got, I suppose that's worth maybe investing a little bit in. Yeah. Whereas if you if it's just a handful of orders, it's easy, right? But it's a lot of skews, a lot of colorways. It yeah. gets tricky after a while. No, yeah, there definitely needs to be like a better system for processing it and relaying that information back to the workshop so while it's rested there, they could start making yeah. it already that's exciting that's an exciting step i think and how have you found keeping your wholesale going after the show what have you done maybe tips that you can share with other people so when we went to spring fair we didn't have a wholesale website so we were just doing it by order form and then just invoicing afterwards so we have invested now in a wholesale section for our website so there's a separate login they can log in, they can place their order, that comes straight to us. From, and uh, it's easy for our stock management, we can see what they've ordered, we can pass it on, quickly glazed and made. But yeah, that's a lot easier now, having that system in place. I feel like this year I've seen a lot more smaller brands do them because fair and anchor store and stuff used to be how maybe people did that, kind of having that online order function. But I think I've heard a lot of brands this year realizing they also need something to their website so that's really nice we, we use there but um it's quite nice that they come to our website and that we have done it so that there are the seasonal pieces aren't available through fair they're only available through our site so mm. if you wanted to test the order you can get the that all year round stock but if you wanted to try the seasonal stuff it's through us that's nice and i guess the seasonal stuff you need to be able to keep a much closer stock level and eye on in terms of yeah. production and stuff. We opened those as a pre-order, so the pre-orders needed to be in by the end of July so that we had the summer to fulfil those. So weird, isn't it, when you start doing things like that, you have to do things even earlier. <laughs> have you found that tricky? We generally make our Christmas or autumn through the summer anyway, so it's not been too tricky. Um, I think possibly the trickiest part is we had more autumn orders than we anticipated. So it's been a bit of a juggle getting the stock through or whilst keeping our own stock level at an okay level for the summer. But we, we've managed it. We've got through. And do you think that you're, you know, because you have a shop as well and you buy in some things from other small businesses, am I right? Yeah. Do you think that having done that for a while before you really went into your wholesale has but helped you or... Yeah, I think so. I think I had a vision of if I was buying it, how would I want that process to be? So when it came to setting up like the wholesale website, we've also set up like our emails and our wholesale newsletter. I treat it as a kind of as a shrimp keeper. How would I want the process to be? What would I want to know? How would I want it to be treated? So like if you place an order for our wholesale site, 
you automatically get an email then that sends you the images for you to upload to your own website and so that you can start promoting them, which I haven't personally had very much of when I was buying in as a shop. So it's just ease, isn't it? It's just making other shopkeepers' life nice and easy and making sure also as a brand that they have the best information and photos available that I know are going to sell it for them. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that the little things like that, like images, like maybe a some sort of Excel file or Google Sheet file with all the product descriptions and the product weight makes things a lot easier for a shopkeeper to get it uploaded to their point of sale system and website so that they can allocate it to the right I don't know, postage brackets. I don't know how a retail website works, but I know that I've been asked enough times for it to be important. What is the plan for this autumn? You I guess close for seasonal orders, but you're going to stay open for wholesale. What's the plan there? So our Christmas and autumn orders are closed, but we are open for our um, all-year-round range. Uh, orders are still open for that currently. I'd like to think that we're going to be able to keep those open for the rest of the year. Um, so hopefully if this move into the workshop next door happens soon, that will be possible. We have the extra space. And then, yeah carrying on our autumn collection currently slotting in september and christmas in november i'm gonna rest for christmas <laughs> and with the shop with your buying when do you do that from other brands does they complement your range? i uh, i kind of do that on uh i don't really have a system since bad isn't it but um so like over autumn now um so when we started planning autumn probably quite seriously in june that I started looking for things that would complement what we are going to launch and ordering things then. So I kind of done the same for like Christmas. So in August, I was kind of looking at stuff that will complement what we're going to launch. Um, well, some of like the boxes and things that we do where we include other small businesses. Yeah, we kind of do it as we're going along, as we're planning our season by planning what else we're going to have. And do you get a lot of people, like especially, I guess, more businesses, pitch to you to be included in those boxes or to be stopped in the shop uh, yeah we get quite a few emails um about asking sculpting the shop and uh, this year actually is the first time i've had people pitch to be in the boxes which is quite exciting because sometimes it's something i've not thought of and also it saves me quite a bit of time searching for something so yeah that's been a nice experience that's good i mean that th this is the perfect example right I speak to a lot of brand owners that are very scared of reaching out to buyers. But like you said just there, it saves you time and makes you gives you ideas. Yeah, it's something I wouldn't have thought of. There's, there's something in that, I can't tell you much, but there's something in the Christmas box that I wouldn't have thought of putting in, but it's very cool. Intriguing. <laughs> I kind of want it. As soon as it, we know what it is now, I'm going to have to like guess which product that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did those people that contacted you that or products that you did select either for the boxes or the shop how what did they include in their pitch what made that you go like oh that's interesting so they had really good photography so that to me tells me that you care about what you're doing but it's gone to that effort and then they had all the details all the price point where they thought that it was going to fit in yeah and that just it makes it a lot easier for me the side was like yes instantly that that is going to fit in there. That is going to be cool. Nice. And do you mainly stock things from small brands or is it 
you stock anything from any bigger brands. Pretty much everything we stock is from small UK-based brands. A lot of them are friends from like uni or when Tom was at uni, Squat Knowles, all people that we've met at fairs along the way. So is the area that you live in quite creative or, or where you went to uni? <laughs> quite creative then. So I went to Liverpool University and then Tom went to Derby University, which are both quite creative cities and then we moved home and it, it's quite nice to bring part of the of that area back with us I guess and yeah it, it's nice that we know those people and that we're fine and where do you want to see so once you get the big town and everything where do you see going next year what is the big goals for next year what will be the dream stockist maybe for next year to onboard or you know, I think the goal next year is to stabilise somewhat. I'd like to get the unit next door open. I'd like to stabilise the wholesale a little bit. So it's grown at such an alarming rate this year that whilst we would like to add more stockists to our books, it maybe not quite at that rate of knots. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, just have everything set up nicely. I mean, I'd like a big, I'd like, obviously, that everyone wants your business and you know. Yeah, but you have to Maybe. say to you, right? You have to put it out there. This is what I want. Manifest. <laughs> yeah, manifest liberty. That would be amazing. We'll see. I think, um, you know, you put your mind to something, you can make it happen. I feel like you you do it already with, like, the crowdfunders and, you know, all of that. So I think that could totally happen if you want to. And um, what is the plans for next door? Um, so next door is going to be, uh, we are going to move all our packing next door for our online orders um, and our stock storage, which frees up quite a bit of room in our workshop uh, for all our kiln. Um, and then we are also going to have like a designated shop area. Uh, there's going to be like a big glass door that looks all through into the workshop. So if you visit whilst you're browsing the shop, you can also see where it's made. Um, and then we're also going to have like a bit uh, called the mug life where you can come and blaze your own mug. Sounds bit bad. Yes, because well, we're a tourist town and when it rains, there's not really anything to do. Can't really go to the beach, so come get some mug. So if the summer was like there was this summer, it would have been perfect. It would. So I'm hoping for rain next year. <laughs> I feel like you might be the only person in the UK <laughs> hoping for a rainy summer. <laughs> yeah. And when you first, what, when you kind of started the business, was this the vision? Is this what you and Tom wanted? Or has it kind of grown as, like, as the vision of it grown, as the business has grown? Um, I think, like, so it used to be in Shed, and we used to walk our dog passed this massive long shed and I'd always be like, oh yeah, if that was like the pottery studio and it had like these big windows and was like loads of potters and they're making plugs and everything. And I think like it, it is that now, but I hadn't anticipated the hard work that also came with that. <laughs> so um, this kind of was the dream, but without the paperwork and the admin. <laughs> Well, the paperwork and admin, it's just never that fun. 
with anything. Building a team, how has that been? It's been an experience. We have a really good team now, but it hasn't been the easiest journey to learn how to be the boss. So I feel like Tom and I kind of share good cup, bad cup, a relationship when it comes to being the boss and the good cup. And yes, it's been an experience. And I feel like the people that we have working with us have made it easy and pleasurable and they're great to work with and they're a good giggle. But they'll use it as well, like pull their weight and get on with it. That's nice. Because it can't be that easy in even if you're in a tourist town and guessing you're a little bit, you know, where there's less people. So you I to find like a potter, for example, I'm guessing you're going to have to train people quite a lot. Yep. We've pretty much trained everyone from scratch, which in a way is quite good because they don't have any bad habits from a previous experience, um, I guess. And they they are taught the way we want to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it has been... It just takes that little bit longer because you can't just find someone who can walk in some job all day. Yeah. Um, no such thing as getting a temp in to do it. No. <laughs> no. Perhaps so if you were in London out, or Stoke, you could yeah. do that. Unless someone off it's literally us picking up the slot. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and what what have you learned by having to be, to be the boss? Because I think a lot of people when they hiring that first person is really scary like what what tips would you give someone i put it off for a long time because i was like i can't do it too much responsibility but um i think my tip is just to do it because actually it's, it is scary and it does cost a lot of money and it sometimes really worrying but pick your life easier and that's to help you and make your yeah. life easier. So just just let someone in and let them help you. And maybe that's just the key, right? Like letting someone in. It is that letting go. For years, Tom wouldn't let anyone else glaze anything. And that I want to eventually have to go. You're going to have to let that go. You cannot do it all. And now he doesn't glaze anything. <laughs> well, that, that, I mean, if you want to start, keep being creative, and I guess he is a creative at heart, I guess. So. Yeah. Then, uh, as the business grows, if you want to keep the, the fun there, you're gonna have to let go of something you could, the bits you can train someone else to do. Like, so I'm gonna let go of the paperwork. Oh, but that would you actually miss that? No, no. <laughs> so let and I can go and do the fun bit. What What would be your fun bit? My fun bit is the selling of it I guess the promoting of it um so I enjoy taking the photos and styling it and getting it out to people and showing them what it is we're making that's my fun bit that's the bit I thrive on so the brand building really yeah that's my favorite bit yeah well an admin person wouldn't be the worst next year when I get my new office yeah Ah oh, well you do need room for them and I yeah. suppose, having seen on social media how packed your workshop is, there's not necessarily room for that, right? No, not yet. 
but it will be and then then one day it's gonna be you know you don't have to do that kind of admin yeah so and also how amazing to be able to be an employer in a place that is a bit more you know remote i suppose yes i think it was always part of wishing we were always like oh yeah not sure if you bet this house is building with the pluses it was also like the want to create creative jobs in an area where we'd moved home from uni and there wasn't anything. Yeah. Um, it's like that want to be able to have something that's a bit different and isn't an office job. Creating opportunities for others like that, it's like, it must be so rewarding. It's a really weird currently watching them all like, we've had few babies, we've had a wedding got a house purchase going on now it's all going on but that's also because of the built business you built right yeah i don't know babies might have been have had otherwise but certainly house maybe wouldn't you know unless there was if there's no jobs then there's no house right yeah i know that's it's pretty amazing cool. to watch that like the mugs helped build that and start that closer yeah i love that so this will be going out in probably um, September, October time. So how can people find you and buy from you this Christmas? So we have our website, which is glosses.co.uk. Um, and if you want to keep up to date with the new stuff and what's coming out and we've moved into that unit next door, then you can follow us on Instagram at Gloucester's Pottery amazing and i guess be on the newsletter too because it, when seasonal Thank stuff you. launch they go quick sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> so thank you so much um, for coming on the podcast and um sharing with us and thank you everyone that listened i hope that you're enjoying the season so far i love to see where you're listening in from so tag me over on instagram and if you are watching on youtube then let me know who you are i want to hear a little bit about who listens and who you else you want to hear from and then the podcast will be back next monday with another episode so thank you so much for listening bye